You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is sponsored by Clean Juice, a certified organic nutrition and wellness bar with more than 100 locations in development in 16 states. Learn more at cleanjuice.com. Welcome to episode 50 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Tia McNelly. I'm Michaela Hooper. And I'm Jess Biondo. And this week, we are so excited to bring you Michaela Beal, who is the creator of Bloom the Workshop. She'll tell you all about that. She also has a fantastic design business. And she is just this fount of like goodness and humility and mm-hmm. like gentle wisdom Yes, yeah. is how I would describe her. Um, toward the end of the episode, she shares these practical tips that she carries out day to day in her business. And they're so simple, yet rich. Yeah. So really tune in for that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I hope you listen to all of our episodes all the time. <laughs> but like, she is just so fantastic. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. Yeah, just a a well of... Um, of information about being an entrepreneur, but beyond that, like how to do it in a way that um, incorporates your purpose, mm-hmm. think, you know, what you feel called to, things that bring you joy, yeah. like all of that, and does it breaks it down in such a simple way. Mm-hmm. Um, so tune in. Yep. Here's our interview with Michaela. Michaela, we are so excited to have you here with us on the Collected Podcast. Oh, thanks, girls. I'm so excited to be here. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, of course. We're, yeah, we're just going to dive right in um, with you just telling us a little bit about your family. Sure. Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home, awesome. and um, it was my mom and dad, and I have a younger brother named Colin, and um, we've always had dogs growing up which is really fun. Um, I had a really sweet childhood. Like I look back on my childhood with so much fondness and tons of really great memories. I mean, our family wasn't perfect, but um, no one's is. And a couple of things that I think that my parents did a really good job of was instilling both in my brother and I, a love for Jesus from a really young age. And this wasn't something that we just did on Sundays. Um, I remember praying before bed and meals and like, even when my dad would discipline us, he would be explaining biblical principles (laughs) and trying to get to the heart issue. Like, okay, Michaela, I have to, you know, like spank you or discipline you right now. I was very naughty as a little child. (laughs) And, but he he would always go back to like, this is why, and this is why God doesn't want us to do that. And he wants us to live like this instead. And, and then something that also made a huge impact on me in high school was, um, well, and when I was little too, but, Hmm. um, in high school, my mom was, I could tell she was so interested in her kids. Like she just dug into both of us and, um, whether it be like if there was drama at school or like a boyfriend breaking up with me or, um, something else going on, like she asked us really hard questions and I could tell even while I was in high school and looking back that she just wanted to know our hearts. Mm. And I think that was just such a huge 
impact on me and something that I definitely want to remember for um, if I ever become a mom one day. Um, but yeah, it was, we had a, we had a great childhood. Our family, um, did go through hard times when I was growing up, but I can really see God using the pain and the hard days. Even now, when I look back on growing up, um, there was a time when one of my parents struggled with depression for a couple of years. And I remember as a little kid, I mean, I didn't understand what that was or really what it looked like, but I knew that I loved them and that person was hurting, um, and one of the most important things for that our family talked about when that struggle was kind of going on was the importance of forgiveness because that was a major theme in our house during that time. And asking for forgiveness was constantly modeled to us and showed me so much of who God is and what his heart is for us and how and what he does for us. Um, and even to this day when, yeah. When I feel stubborn and I don't want to apologize for something that I did to my husband or a friend or whatever it is, I think back to when my parents were showing us what this looked like growing up. And they always pointed to Jesus who bore all of our sin and he forgave us many times over. And like now, if I find myself in a situation, I think back to that and I think like, can I not find it in my heart to also forgive and apologize for my wrongdoing too? And then um, I can see that it's a gift to others too when I can understand people who struggle with depression or anxiety in ways that others who haven't been close to a situation like can't um, relate to. And I feel like these were some really powerful and just a couple of really small ways that I can see Jesus redeeming those hard years for our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even seeing the forgiveness aspect has been such an important tool to me to bring into marriage now with my husband, because I don't think that there's a relationship where your sin is more magnified than when you're married. <laughs> so I need that tool like much more now than ever. How did you meet your husband? Oh, this is, this is my favorite story to tell. <laughs> um, so I grew up in California and then I went to school in Seattle and after school I moved back to California and I'll get into this in a little bit, but I did um, end up starting a blog and I ended up meeting my best friend through our blogs, which is like so weird I know um but so she we met in California and then she ended up moving to Michigan and I came and visited her when she had her first baby and she is a wedding photographer and I'm an interior designer and she wanted to do um a styled photo shoot for a magazine that had asked us to um curate a photo shoot for a spread in their magazine. And so we were really excited about it, but she also had had a baby like three weeks prior to this. So she was kind of crazy for going for this. And she's like, look, I'll get the models and you just, um, you do everything else. I'm like, great. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so I tried to pull everything together from like States away. And so we got it all figured out and on our way to the photo shoot, my best friend goes, um, so I just wanted to let you know that one of the models today is single. And um, I think like my ploy for you to move to Michigan is really going to work out now because I think you're going to really like him. <laughs> and I was like, what? How dare you? Like, this is a big thing. It's for a, it's for a magazine. Like, I can't be focusing on this single guy who happens to be there modeling for us, you know? <laughs> 
And um, I was so nervous the whole time. And we like barely talked, but we kind of flirted a little bit. And then he got my number from my friend and he called me that night. And he asked me to go to lunch with him the next day before my flight flew back to California because I was still living there. And I said on the phone, um, I was so nervous. And I said, sure, but Ashley has to come with us on to lunch too. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So she third wheeled on her first date. (laughs) That is hilarious. I know. It's so funny. And it's just funny too how like I met my husband doing something that I love doing. Yeah. But yeah, so we started dating ever since that date, you know, in Michigan. And he came and visited my family there. I came and visited out here a couple of times. And then it was eight months later that I officially moved here, got my own apartment. And then two years after that, we got engaged. And then nine months after that, we got married. And now it will be, gosh, three years in September. Wow. That's amazing. You just never know how God will work things out. No, you don't. And like, I remember being just graduated from college and like, I'm not even kidding you. I signed up for eHarmony because I was so worried that I wasn't going to find anybody. And I had just gone through a bad breakup and I felt so sad. And, and then I like a couple months into that, I was like, what am I even doing? Like, and that's totally fine. That's an awesome avenue to go. Um, but for me, I felt like God was like, Michaela, you just need to rest. Like, I am going to bring you the person when it's my time and um, you don't need to worry about it or be searching at this point right now. So, mm. and it only takes one. <laughs> That's what they keep telling us. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen. It's true, girls. Yeah. Um, oh so gosh. you mentioned blogging and you're doing the styled shoot. Yeah. So let's back up a little bit and Let's hear a little bit about what do you do and how did you discover this purpose? Yeah, so I have always been really creative. As a little kid, I loved baking and gardening with my grandma and my mom. And like, I remember painting my nails all the time, like way too often. My dad was like, Michaela, you have a one week limit, like you or a one time per week limit. You can only paint your nails once a week now because <laughs> it got like out of hand. That's <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, um, but my love for design actually started by drawing floor plans, which is kind of funny when you see like a six or seven year old drawing these insane floor plans on children's menus and restaurants when like all the other kids are coloring and doing like the tic-tac-toe. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing floor plans. And then even crazier, I would come home and build these floor plans on my bedroom floor out of those Jenga blocks. Yeah. Um, we never played the game Jenga. We just had hundreds of these blocks just for me to build all these floor plans. And I would make furniture for these little block houses. And I remember being like, mom, will you take me to the fabric store so I can get fabric to make bedspreads and pillows. And like, I would stuff the pillows with cotton balls so that they would look real. (laughs) And I mean, I thought people lived in these houses. And um, so anyway, from an early age, I knew that I, I loved design and I loved houses specifically. And my grandma was an interior designer. So I remember seeing her work and being like, wow, could I really do this? Like, this is a real job. And then on the other hand of it, um, I feel like I've always been, there's always been a call in my life to love each person that I'm in a relationship really well. Like, 
there's no half way or half doing things for me. Mm-hmm. So I like to say that my passion is design. My joy is serving people. And then I feel like my calling is to use those two things to glorify God who initially put the desire in me to create beauty. Mm-hmm. And I think the really cool thing here is that we can experience more of God's character through creating because we're supposed to be imitators of him, like Ephesians says. And the very first thing that God ever did was create. He created the world. And if we're supposed to be image bearers of God, then in some ways, I feel like we were created to create. And when we do that, we can point to Christ. Preach. (laughs) That's all all I can say. I mean, that's so awesome. Like, I mean, I think I love what you just said, the simplicity of the joy and, you know, knowing your calling and not, not getting like held up on, even as you're talking to him, like sometimes we can get so held up on trying to even like break down exactly what it is we're called to do and, Mm -hmm. you know, having all of these different layers of it. And yes, Mm -hmm. that is important, but the way you just spoke that there was such ease and simplicity to it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Well, and the way you describe your purpose is something that could be carried out Mm -hmm. in any avenue that God takes you to. Right. It's not dependent on one specific job. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Someone helped me along the way really define that. And I think that was really helpful. She actually said like, fill in the blank. My passion is blank. My joy is blank. And my calling is blank. And so I took a long time to try to figure that out because it's almost like it's my mission statement for my Mm -hmm. business. Mm. Um, Yeah. And it it easily can flow with if, you know, if you need to pivot in your business too. Yeah. So what are some tips you have for listeners on how to start answering those questions? Did you have a particular place you started? Wow, that's a hard question. I mean, my passion, like the first fill in the blank, I think I just thought of what I loved so much and wanted to do for the rest of my life. Mm. And for me, that's design. Like, I couldn't even imagine a world where I couldn't be creative and be designing. And then for my joy, um, I think that I just thought of like what what fills me not with happiness but what fills me with like eternal joy that I feel like God has given me this joy that can't be shaken and I always think of people and I love people and I love serving them I'm a three wing two on the enneagram so like the the serving people is really complex but I at the heart of things I love love serving people and I love um, being with people and making them feel loved. And then, um, my calling, I, I think for me, it was easy to just combine those two things. I think I've always felt like my calling, even from a young age was to glorify God. And so I think I just thought like, how could I combine these two things and do that really well? And um, there's a lot of avenues that you can go in interior design. And so because I love people so much, I knew that I wanted to focus on the residential um, avenue of design because my fa- one of my favorite things outside of the actual design process is getting to know my clients. And so if, you know, if some designers just, they don't even want to work with 
the client at all. They want them to tell them the measurements and their budget, and they want to just go for it. And that would be, that might be for some people, but that would be a really sad job for me (laughs) because I really want to make the connection with the people. And like, that's kind of where inspiration comes from for their, for their room too. Yeah. So how did you actually start your businesses? Because you have a design business and then the Bloom Workshop. Yeah. So my interior design business is my name, Michaela Noel Designs. And um, it started in a really kind of fun, unconventional way um, about, I would say, 10 or 11 years ago, um, which is crazy to say. My dad encouraged me to start a blog. And this is when I was a sophomore in college. And I go, uh, what's a blog? (laughs) I'm like, I don't even know what that is at this point. And so I did some research and I found that people blogged about interior design, like these things existed. And so I emailed, um, a couple of authors who blog, whose blogs I started following and asked them like, what does it take to start a blog and then sustain one? So I did some research, then I followed for a while before I got brave enough to actually start my blog. And, um, I think my dad initially wanted me to do this because I was in Seattle for college. And so I was two States away. I was experiencing like severe weather (laughs) coming from California. Like it rained every day in Seattle and that was really hard. Um, and so I think he wanted me to have like a little hobby. And then also he's like really up on technology stuff. And he knew that I could potentially, um, gain a following while I was blogging that could really aid in a potential business one day. So, um, I started chronicling my design projects in school and I showed my dorm room and these posts still exist on my blog today. Um, so you can see my awful dorm room. That's great. Um, I know it is so fun to look back on, but my apartments, what I was wearing, then people want to know, like, what are you eating? What are you doing for fun? And so it kind of turned into this lifestyle blog. And then when I eventually graduated, I had a substantial following already that I'm just so thankful for that, you know, kind of happened that way. Um, they already wanted my design services. And so I ended up working for two, two interior designers in San Francisco, which is kind of where I'm from. And I did that for about a year. And then I took a leap of faith and just started my business. And um, yeah, I never would have been able to do it without the blog. So I guess it's all thanks to my dad. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. But I think that um, for the workshop, that was born more out of a hole that my best friend and I saw in our creative industries. My friend Ashley is a wedding photographer. And so we actually met through blogging. This is the friend who I met through blogging and blogging has changed a ton over the years. But back in the day, we always said that blogging was like eHarmony for friends. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't even weird that I met my best friends through the internet, (laughs) but we were constantly getting emails from other people in our fields asking, how did you start your business? How did you start your blog? And we realized that there was a huge need to bring creative business owners together, not only to educate them, but also to give them a community who is passionate about the same things that they were. And we thought that it would be a one-day local workshop, but it has turned into a full-on business where we travel the country teaching women in creative businesses how to grow and sustain a thriving business. So we get everybody from um, photographers, designers, florists, bloggers, wedding and event planners, gosh, 
calligraphers, Etsy shop owners. We even got a team of dentists one time who wanted to liven up their office space and learn how to market themselves more creatively. So it was really fun. Like if you're creative and you want to own a small business, then Bloom is perfect for you. And it's just become a huge joy of mine. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I want to go I know, to one you of should these workshops. I'm like, I want to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, just the same. I want to come to one of yours. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So when would the next upcoming workshop be? So the next one is actually in November and it's, so it's November 5th and 6th of this year. And it is in right outside of Dallas, Texas in a city called Quinlan. And it's at the most beautiful venue that you've probably ever seen. It's called the White Sparrow Barn. And we've been there before. This will be our second time because we just loved it so, so much. And it's a two-day workshop and we have classes or sessions that everybody that comes to the workshop attends on blogging and how to use um, your blog for your business, um, how to use social media for your business. Um, We have really fun hands-on calligraphy and floral design workshops um, where you actually get to, you know, do calligraphy. Like, you know, you would love that, Jess. I mean, you don't need a class, but (laughs) you're already good. Um, And then uh, flower arranging, super fun. And it kind of teaches you new ways to hone your design eye. And then we also, um, we have like critique groups. So all of our attendees help each other get better um, with their online presence and um, just other things in their businesses. And then we also put together a huge styled photo shoot because we have photography and design breakout sessions. And so this photo shoot at the end of the workshop is kind of like the big thing where everybody gets to practice what they learned in the workshop. And then they get to leave and they have all these pictures that they get to add to their portfolios um, and use on their social media. Um, So we try to make it a really robust um, experience for all of our girls. Wow. That sounds amazing. And we will put a link to all of that um, in our show notes, too, so that our listeners can find find out more information. That's really sweet. Um, So as you're growing this business and you're an entrepreneur and also a Christ follower, how have those two things woven themselves together within your business? Yeah, that's a good question. And this is something that God's really been put on my heart a lot over the last two or three years. Um, He tells us in 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And so this tells us we have been redeemed and we've been called out of darkness because of what he alone has done for us. And because of this, we're made new and we should be different. We Mm -hmm. should run our businesses differently as Christ followers because of what he's done for us. And everything that we do should be for God's glory, not for glory of self. And I'm not perfect with this. In fact, I really struggle with it as an Enneagram three. Like if you know anything about that, this is like a daily thing where I have to be like, okay, this is for God's glory. This is not my show. This is Mm -hmm. everything I do needs to point to him. And over the years, I've been thinking of ways that I can love my clients better and be different to reflect Christ to my clients. So I thought I would share a couple of those ways. And if any of your listeners have a business, um, like a couple of you guys do too. Um, maybe you can get some ideas from these, even though these kind of have to do with my, um, specific interior design business, but a couple of the things that I, 
um, try to put into practice are just being really forthcoming with my prices and my markups to clients. I never want them to feel like I'm scamming them. And so I put all of that information in my contract that they sign up front. Um, I think one thing that all believers can do in business is to elevate our clients above ourselves and show them how loved they are by God by showing them how loved they are by us. Mm -hmm. And so I really try to treat all of my vendors like um, as a designer, I work with a ton of, it's a team. It's not just me. It's builders, contractors, painters, electricians, all those kind of people. And I really try to treat them with respect, even when that's not often reciprocated um, Mm. because of just the industry that I'm in. And even if a mistake has been made, and even if I've made a mistake, like learning to be honest about that when it's easy to try to cover up and be defensive. Mm -hmm. This happened to me really early on in my business. And I knew like I made a mistake and I knew that I could choose to be defensive or I could own up to it and really try to make it right with my client. It was a humbling experience to say the least. But I think going forward, it's, it's really been impactful for me. Um, and then serving clients while at every corner of the design process is really important to me. So I don't want to have to do something or send like a short email response when it's clear that a longer one or a phone call needs to take place, um, just to check something off of my list. Um, I want them to feel special throughout the whole process. Like I truly care about making their house a home because I really do like that is the passion behind my business. And I want them to know that it's an honor for me to be working with them because a home is the most personal, intimate thing that a person or a family has. And so I want them to know that this is an honor and a privilege for me to be working with them. And then a couple of years ago, I started something that I think is really fun. Um, When my full service clients sign up with me, I send them just a $5 e-gift card to Starbucks to grab a drink while they fill out my design questionnaire because that's always the very first thing that I have clients do. And so I send a little email and they get the Starbucks card. And I I feel like, you know, this just makes them feel like, oh, wow, she really thought of me. And like, Mm -hmm. this is going to be fun to work with her. Um, And then when the project is finished, I put together a custom little gift box, or if I know that they love flowers, then I'll make an arrangement for them and drop it off at their house. And like, these aren't things that you need to spend a lot of money on to make your clients feel loved. It really can just be how you communicate with them through emails and making sure to ask them about their week or, or not just the business stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when I was getting married, I was working with a um, calligrapher for all of our wedding uh, spot calligraphy. And she's actually a friend of mine, but I could tell that um, she wasn't just doing this because we were friends. She was being really intentional about it. And in every email exchange that we had, she really made sure to um, make a personal connection with me in every email. And this was a couple of years ago. And I noticed she was doing this and we never talked about it, but she totally showed me that this is something that I can easily do to make my clients feel loved and to also make them feel like they made a good decision by going with me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think sometimes we can get so wrapped up in processes or, you know, shipping if you have a product and it's not a service that we forget that these are real people who we have a chance to impact every day when we're working with them. And then, um, just for the workshops, Uh, not everybody who comes through our doors knows Jesus, but we want them to leave feeling really loved. And we want them, we want that 
to point to him. Um, we want people to feel like we're really interested in them and find the girl who's not sitting with anybody and encourage them in their talents, help give them clarity um, by giving them the best tools that we can during the workshop. Uh, we want our spaces that we even hold the workshops in to be beautiful so that maybe they'll get a glimpse of the beauty of our creator. Mm. And our goal is always to make them feel spoiled. We like we give them gift boxes and really good food while they're there. Um, because while they're coming to be filled with like this education and inspiration for their businesses, we also hope that their soul leaves refreshed too. And I just have to share this one story with you from a workshop a couple of years ago. At the end of the workshop, um, this woman came up to us before leaving the event and she said with tears in her eyes that she, the week before she left for the workshop, her husband of many years came to her and said that he wanted a divorce just completely out of the blue. And she said she almost didn't come, which is completely understandable. I mean, that wrecks your world. And she said with tears in her eyes that she knew she needed to come to this workshop and that she was so glad that she came. She felt so loved and cared for and like God really wanted her to be here for a chance to be surrounded by beauty and people who love the same things as her. And we, of course, both started crying. And like God so clearly used this workshop to show himself to this woman when she really needed it. And the irony was for us that this we did not feel like this was our strongest workshop. Like there were a couple of things that were going on behind the scenes that could have been better. <laughs> and, but the thing is that God was like, look, I'm still faithful. Like, even if it was just this one woman who you, who you touched, like just love people, do your best, trust me with the details. And like, you know, even the experience that we had, it not being our favorite workshop ever, God totally redeemed just in this one woman. That is such a powerful story and just such a reminder that God's eyes are on the one. And we're all mm -hmm. the one, but sometimes he pulls right. off this entire workshop and months and months of planning yep. for one precious person. And that's that just such exactly a cool testimony. Yeah. And as you're describing all of these business practices, you had me almost in tears because the way that you earlier described your purpose and your joy, now to see the tangible ways that you carry them out is mm -hmm. such a powerful testimony. And the way you've taken your business and made it so much more and such a powerful force for the kingdom is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think too, that story just even, you know, reminds me of how God is in every detail. Um, yes. And you clearly, your heart is to be intentional with the details. And, yeah. um, and he really and that's does care. Funny too, because like, I always say that design is in the details. Like it mm -hmm. really is about that last pillow or that last accessory yeah. that you add to the shelf. And it's such a parallel because God, God is so in the details and he just like he cares about the big things. He cares about the small things too. Yes. And we've seen that so many times over, especially in the workshop setting. I think um, it's just really evident. <laughs> Throughout all of this, has there ever been a time where you questioned the path you were on or kind of had to wrestle um, through what God had put in front of you? Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Um, I've, I've never felt like 
maybe I should be doing something else. Um, I've always felt like this is where, like, this is definitely my passion and my calling. Um, and I can't imagine not doing this. However, I know you have, like, I need to hold my hands open. Like, I don't know if this is what I'm going to be doing forever, but Mm -hmm. for now, it seems like that's what God wants me to do. Um, but it doesn't mean that I've not been scared to, or, you know, let fear hold me back from certain things. Um, or, you know, just the, the devil putting bad thoughts in your mind, like you're not cut out for this. Or when you're scrolling through Instagram, like you're actually not a good designer. And, um, those are, those are sad moments. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to feel that way. And I know that's not what God says about me. That's, those are lies. But, um, sometimes when you're, when we're surrounded as creatives, like with so many other, it's a saturated market Mm -hmm. with so many other designers or um, creative people that are so, so talented. It can be hard. Um, And you can, you can start to doubt yourself. And even when I was talking to you girls earlier about like, sometimes I feel like my business is superficial. Like I'm literally telling people to buy stuff for their house Mm. and like that can really bog me down sometimes. Like, um, there has to be more to the, to this and there has to be a deeper purpose. And I think that's like when I was wrestling with that, like, wow, I tell people to buy things and like, this is so materialistic, (laughs) but I think that's when God was really showing me like, there is more to this. You have a deeper purpose. You can be rooted in these things where, um, you're, you're showing Christ to the world or, at least to your clients and, um, in maybe not like we're talking about the gospel right now, but at least they're seeing something different and they're being loved in a way that maybe they've not been before, Mm -hmm. um, by a person who's providing a, a service for them. That's so So beautiful. And that, that message applies to anyone in any industry. Yes. I totally. love like everything you've said today. I can apply it to everything I do, even teaching in my classroom. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I love about just the kingdom of God, how these principles yeah. apply across the board. Mm-hmm. I think that's so true. And even my husband and I have talked about that. Like he's a computer engineer, so we are complete opposites and we really don't understand what the other one does. That's okay. And sometimes we'll talk, he'll tell me like, I mean, should I be like, a, should I be working at a church? And you know, it, because a lot of our friends do do that and they are called to ministry. And um, sometimes it can feel hard. Just, you know, I go to work, I sit behind a desk, I'm a computer engineer and like, I'm not actually actively sharing the gospel, like in my, in and outs of my work days, but I always try to encourage him. And we, he does this with me too. It's like, well, we can be different and that can Mm -hmm. point to Christ. And, and eventually those conversations will come, I think, because they're going to notice. Yeah. And you're giving them a perspective of God that Mm -hmm. maybe somebody that they encounter in another setting wouldn't be able to give them because they're not you. And I think that that's, you know, that's something to remember when we're wrestling or asking the questions of like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Right. Um, you know, I just, think you're right. Oh, gosh, just to be reminded, like God created you and me and other, everyone to do the specific thing. 
Um, yeah, like we all have different talents. We and yes. and we all have things that he's given specifically to us that somebody else wouldn't do well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think you're totally right. It really does put things into perspective and give can give you a, a greater sense of purpose. Mm, that's amazing. And as we wrap up today, are there any specific other specific projects you'd like to mention um, that sure. you're working on? Well, let me think. I mean, the workshop is a huge one and I, we love meeting people there and it's been so fun. Even, um, blog readers have come like who started reading my blog back in the day when I was in college have come to our workshops and that has been so, so fun. Um, so, um, the workshop is in November. And then other than that, I mean, I'm just doing my thing in Michigan here with my full service interior design clients. Um, But for those of you who aren't local to Michigan, I do offer two-hour design consultations like e-designs where I can help answer any design dilemmas or find solutions for um, specific spaces in your house if you need paint color suggestions, that sort of thing. Um, I did create a package for people since I know that um, not everybody lives locally. So that can be a really fun way to um, get a second set of eyes on your space and then you would be actually executing the design process so oh that's great that you offer that though yeah it's been really fun and sometimes the my clients will send me the finished product pictures and I'm just like oh my gosh this is so rewarding I love seeing it come together and like they do an awesome job (laughs) that's amazing Michaela thank you so much thank you guys for having me And we will post links to um, the workshop for people to register. And Mm -hmm. for all of our listeners, Michaela has been so gracious to give us a special discount code for 30% off your tickets um, if you can make it to the Dallas, Texas event. Um, So the code for that is collected30, and we'll put all of that in our show notes and on the website so people can find that easily. That would be great. We would seriously love to meet you guys. I know. I want to meet you in person. Yes. <laughs> and stay tuned for our The Collected Workshop and The Bloom Workshop combined experience. <laughs> yes. I know. We need to do it. It's been spoken into existence. Yeah. So awesome. listeners, stay tuned. <laughs> All right, Michaela. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Something that really stuck out to me about our interview with Michaela was... Um, the way she talked about her parents offering um, forgiveness, asking for forgiveness. Yes. And the way that that impacted her and the way that she spoke with so much honor about her parents um, Mm -hmm. just really inspired me and kind of gave me hope for my own kids. I think um, that's something that Joel and I have been intentional about um, with our girls is trying to make sure that we apologize when we're wrong. To the kids, which is so humbling because you could just let it go, right? Like you've got the authority and the power in the house. So you could just let that slide by. But, um, yeah, it's, it's cool to hear how impactful that was for her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's even evidence in her as a a business owner Mm -hmm. in how she honors the people that she works with and also that she's serving through her business, that that thing and what like her parents instilled in her mm-hmm. when she was young now it's coming like full force yeah. in her business and it's beautiful so beautiful yeah this girl man i, I is she an angel 
I know. She's so darn good. Awesome. We all want to be her friend now. Yeah. I wrote down what she said. God put the desire in us to create beauty. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked about that a lot on the show that we are created by a creative God. And so we have this innate desire in us to create. And that plays out differently in all of our lives, depending on our skills and passions. And, um, but I think that's so beautiful, beautifully stated. God put the desire in us to create beauty, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like for you. That's from God. Yeah. So guys, go out and create something beautiful this week. Mm-hmm. And then email us about it mm-hmm. yeah, at hello at collectedworkshops.com. And we will make sure to put all the notes for her website and um, the code for the workshop. Yeah. Um, it may be something that you really want to consider going to in November. So It looks amazing. Check it out, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. Find The Collected Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Collected Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNally Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at The Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. Support for The Collected Podcast is provided by Clean Juice. Learn more at cleanjuice.com and be sure to check out their lifestyle arm at wellhappyandkind.com. Podcast recorded by Jacob Early. Music by Asaf Alon.